Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Well, good morning, everybody. This is morning here in Wyoming. It's gorgeous. The sun is shining. I think we're getting a spring day. At least I hope we are. (laughs) This is Jenny from JR's Hunt for Life, and this podcast is called Safe Talk. It's all about suicide prevention and awareness and how we can help each other and save lives. So I'm going to start by giving my contact information. So my social media information is all the same. It's under JR's Hunt for Life. And that is on Facebook and the web and Instagram and all of that social media stuff. JR's Hunt for Life, you can usually reach me or one of our admins through one of the social medias. My email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. You can email me anytime, day or night. And um, I will respond to that, maybe not immediately if it's my nighttime and I'm sleeping, (laughs) but I will respond to you. My phone number in Wyoming in the United States, and I say that because this is a global podcast and many people from other countries reach out to us. So it's 307-259-6032. And I'm going to get into an introduction here in a bit, but today I have the pleasure of talking with Carol Sanchez-Stevens. She's an extraordinary occupational therapist that focuses on mental health and well-being, and she owns a company called Ropes and Roses Therapy Services. So good morning, Carol. Good morning, Jenny. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you? Just great. The sun's shining, and I love it. So, Carol, do you have any contact information you'd like to share with us? You can contact us via email at info at ropesandrosestherapy.com. The word and is spelled out, and it's all together. Or you can get a hold of me on my cell phone, at 307-267-7416. And Carol, I know you personally from helping out with our Festival of Hope. You bring um, some wonderful animals, therapy animals, little mini horses, standard-sized horses, if that's what you call them. Right. Yes. Carol, um, I have a little uh, bit here that your blend of knowledge, experience, and your holistic and nature-based approach um, allows you to connect deeper with your patients, and I totally understand that, having been around your little horses and animals and dogs, and I understand you have strong ties with the mental health community that allow you to provide some comprehensive wraparound services that cater to our community's needs, and it's, it's just a wonderful story. You do a wonderful thing here, so I'm going to ask you 
to kind of give a backstory how you got to where you are now on those 36 acres outside of Casper, which I'm jealous of. <laughs> and yeah, so how did you get to where you are now? And let's let's tie that in also with how does that kind of tie into our topic and our mission of suicide prevention and awareness and safe talk. So I'm going to give you the floor, Carol, and you can just go for it. Okay. Well, thank you, Jenny. Sure. So, you know, starting, my mom always used to say I wasn't born on a horse, but I <laughs> probably was on a horse by the time I was six months old. So horses have always been a part of my life. And um, I'm a fairly small person in stature. And so, you know, some of the old school thinking of showing that horse who's the boss just didn't ever work for me because I wasn't big <laughs> enough to do that. From from really very early on, it was me learning how to partner with the horse to be able to do things because I, there was just no way I could outmuscle it. And so that's kind of been how I have interacted with horses all my life. And, you know, then you, you grow up and you try different things, and I, I've tried several different things that just weren't a fit, and I think most of it is because it didn't involve horses. So in 2004, I co-founded Reach for a Star Riding Academy, which is a therapeutic riding center, to be able to bring my love of horses and people together, and I did that for 18 years, but in 2015, I said, you know, this is awesome, but I, I, I want to go the next step. So I applied for occupational therapy school. So as a very non-traditional student, I went back to school and got my master's in occupational therapy. I used to laugh about being a, a jack of all trades, and now I'm a master of one. <laughs> but uh, So yeah, so right, because I saw, I saw how, how great therapeutic writing was, and then as I went to school, and I, it, but then being able to take it to that next level and to be able to do more one-on-one -on -one kinds of treatment strategies and really focus on the person, not just the riding skill, and that connection to horses and bringing back that how to, to interact with a horse and, and be able to understand how they respond to us and, and what that might mean and how we're feeling inside, even if that's not how we're um, thinking about it. So I started mm -hmm. Ropes and Roses Therapy Services in 2018. And um, in 2022, I um, stepped down from being the executive director of Reach for a Star and decided to go both feet in to being a full-time therapist, and I found this property out on 10 Mile Road. Really, it, it couldn't be much more perfect because it used to be a veterinarian clinic. So oh. it already has a clinic space set up. It's already set up for horses and animals. And then it has this lovely home that I'm using as a lodge for group facilitation and, and different retreats and workshops. Oh. So yeah, I have 36 acres, a gorgeous view of the mountain, it has a pond, which I've had some resident geese and abacets come in and have some babies. And, and it's intentionally outside of town 
right? Because as we think about mental health and, and different things, it's being out of the busy of downtown gives us mm-hmm. a chance to really slow down, take a deep breath, really engage our our senses. Occupational therapy is, you know, a lot of times people don't really think about occupational therapy and mental health, right? right. I mean, when I say occupational therapy, was your first thought that, boy, you can help somebody with mental health stuff? But actually, <laughs> occupational therapy started in the psychiatric world with soldiers coming back from from war who had what we would call shell shock back then or PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole engaging them in, in doing things started to help bring them out of the the imprisonment that they had in their head, right? And so it started to engage them in some arts and crafts and just activities to help their mind have something to to focus on to help them heal physically better as well. That's that's actually how occupational therapy started and then and then polio hit and so then occupational therapy kind of moved towards more physical dysfunction, but Occupational therapy is its a very holistic therapy to just help people engage in the things that they need or want to do. And we just use everyday kinds of activities to help people do that. I do a lot of nature-based, animal-based um, treatments so that people can connect on a different level. And, and it's out in an environment that is quiet and it's, it's safe and it's comforting. So the location really is by design. It wasn't just that, I mean, because I looked for property for three years before I found this one that I'm like, that is it. Yeah, and occupational therapy also is probably most known for a lot of our sensory integration strategies. And Mm. nature and animals are all about sensory, right? You get to um, stop and and feel the texture of the horse and you get to feel that, you know, oh, their body feels different than their mane and their tail or the heat coming, you know, you can feel how warm they feel. You can feel Mm -hmm. their breath on your hands and just that, that comforting feel of being able to slowly pet and, and or brush or just be in the presence of an animal that helps bring your heart rate down, it helps to slow down your breathing, and it just gives you a sense of um, calm and mm-hmm. grounding. Right. And horses are just very non-judgmental, right? So where, um, where sometimes it might be hard to interact with people because we're not sure how they're going to respond to what we might have to say or what we're feeling, Right. Sometimes if people feel like, well, I don't want to burden somebody with how how sad I am or how depressed I am. An animal is going to accept us for who we are and for what we are in that moment. And so it just really gives us a chance to to experience some calm and acceptance. And we build on that. And we have like I talk about building the gap. So. Even if just for 30 seconds, we can take a moment and just be grounded in the moment and Mm -hmm. feel a sense of calm and peace, 
then we then we work on building that because sometimes when we start to lose hope and we can't imagine what tomorrow might look like or we don't believe that tomorrow is going to come, we forget what it feels like to have hope or to feel calm and to feel safe. And so we work on building those gaps so that they can start to feel that again and and recognize that it, it can be there and then we build on it so that it, it gets bigger and bigger to where maybe they have an hour where they can feel peaceful and calm and connected to another living being. And then we work on building that into, and what kind of supports do you need? So the horse can support us in what way? Um, what, what kind of human supports do you need? Then we move into group facilitation to where we can have some different things where people with similar concerns come together and and they they recognize that maybe they're not the only person who feels this way or that they're not the only person who's struggling and we start building support systems so that then when they're done with programs here then they have other contact people they have right because we're going to reach out to people that we feel most comfortable to so that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm doing this summer is I have an eight-week program going called Horses for Hope for adolescent girls um, ages 10 to 19. I've been going to the Suicide Prevention Task Force meetings, and one of the things that um, was brought up is that the suicide rates for girls are climbing faster than the, the rates for boys. Now, the, the suicide rate for boys is still high. But right. we're just seeing a, a bigger rise, and mm-hmm. and the coroner was talking about how really we just can't start soon enough with getting the word out and and trying to get support for young people so that they they know they have support and they have some different strategies to be able to to help with this. The fact that they right we live in a society that hope is not innately there. It's right. We're very isolated. We and COVID didn't help with that, but but there's more to it than that, right? We technology has also created some isolation because now instead of a face-to-face interaction, uh, there's a lot of emailing, texting, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, right? So we reach out that way, and and we have this false sense of connection, but there's nothing that can beat a face-to-face human connection. Right. And even if it starts with a face-to-face human-animal connection, right, to right. get somebody out and be able to engage in something. And then you have sunshine, like today it's gorgeous outside. You just yes. can't help but feel better by being out in the sunshine. I mean, that's one of the things doctors prescribe, right? Get out that's- for 15 minutes a day in the sunshine. That is true, and you so, get your vitamins, and <laughs> there's nothing bad about yeah. it. Yeah, sunscreen. <laughs> but but so. yeah, and I I absolutely love what you do. I love um, what the horses do and the animals because I know um, there have been times that when we have been when someone has reached out to us on our support page at risk of suicide they were contemplating suicide however 
they were worried about their animals. Who was going to take care of their animals? What was going to happen with their animals? And that actually, that connection momentarily or for however long it took caused them to rethink their departure, so to speak. And it saved lives, that connection with their animals, their their dogs, their cats, their horses, whatever it was that they had. And they, it was the first time that, that I became aware of that when someone was talking to me in that fashion, I thought, wow, I, I would never have considered that connection to be a life-saving one. But it is. And yeah. you, it is. yeah, and you, you have brought that to light with your horses and probably your other animals. You have what other animals do you have out there? Oh my gosh. So right, so this was a pretty ugly winter and and so some people I know had some sheep and goats that um due to the drifting anyway, they were losing some of their livestock. So uh they brought their sheep and goats to my facility and we I fostered them, if you will, for the winter. And so now I I have um, two baby lambs that I use in sessions. I have a a dairy goat who's about to have babies that I use in sessions. There's there's other sheep and goats here, but those are the the ones that I have um, I own now, which uh-huh. I never really thought about incorporating sheep and goats. But here I am. I guess I that and. My husband goes, well, that's what you get for buying a vet clinic. <laughs> but so I have um, I have two therapy dogs. We have a therapy cat, uh, two lambs, a goat, uh, three miniature horses, and nine big horses. Wow, that that's quite the brood you have there. Um, I can't wait to meet yes. all of them. Um, I know I have met some mini horses of yours, and I have seen people interact with them when we have our festival. And you've you've done our festival now every year that we've had it, and I think we've had it five years. So yeah. you've been a part of that for five years, and um, I just I'm just thrilled every year that I get to see your animals again because I myself have I get a boost from them I and, and they're not mine so I consider myself kind of a okay I'm one of your clients <laughs> that, <laughs> that I get to walk around with them touch them pet them and it's it's amazing how calming they are and how grounding like you said they are because they are grounding they absolutely are Right, and so when you're with an, an animal, especially when you're with a full-size horse, but even when you're with the miniature horses, one, they're they're really pretty cute, so it's really hard not to really <laughs> yeah. be in the moment, right? I mean, and that's part of, part of grounding is slowing ourselves down long enough to just accept and love what it is that we're doing right this second. Um, but physiologically, there's a lot of information that goes into, or there's a lot of research based on the fact that a horse's heart is five times bigger than what our heart is, and it beats at half of the rate 
So when, you know, when those cars drive down the road and they have a lot of space going and you can feel the, the beat of the thing and pretty soon you feel like your heart is beating with the base of the yeah. the car until they drive off. That's what mm-hmm. a horse's heart does, right? We don't feel yeah. quite like that, but our body will start to sync with their heart rate, which naturally slows our heart rate down, and it naturally slows our breathing down. So literally, being in the presence of a horse almost forces us to slow our heart rate and our breathing subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was just going to say that because consciously you're you you can't do that. You're not you're not thinking about it. You're you're overwrought. You're stressed. Whatever the case, and subconsciously your body responds to that animal's body, and yeah. the animals. I mean, I. I don't own horses. I'm not around them that much, but I do know that horses have this, you feel like you are one with that animal. You feel like they understand. You feel like they can read your emotions and they're very compassionate. At least that's the feeling I get from them, that they understand. They have um, compassion towards you. They, I, I don't know if they're capable of that. I don't know that much about horses, but that's kind of how I feel about it, that they they are so calming. They're, they're just calming. Now, when you get around little goats, they're not calming. <laughs> no. Your little goats that's are usually hopping right. around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some unique traits, right, that horses bring to to the the arena, if you will, um, uh-huh. that is, is even different than what therapy dogs or therapy cats can provide. And part of that is horses are a prey animal, right? And humans right. by nature are a predator. And dogs are a predator. And cats are a predator. Although cats right. kind of, they're kind of a predator and a prey animal, depending on where they're at in their environment. So part of the reason why I feel like horses are able to be such a a connection for people who have experienced trauma or are going through some really hard times is that um, when you've gone through trauma, you might also feel like you are prey, not the predator, right? Mm -hmm. And so horses view the world in a very different manner than what humans do, but humans who are experiencing PTSD, trauma, mental health concerns also view the world different than what some other people might um, view the world. And so to be able to have that connection with with a, an animal who is going to see things as mm-hmm. being on guard, they're, they're more vigilant, they're while wild mustangs are hyper vigilant, right? Because that's right. how they survive. And right. and the social dynamics of how a herd of horses function, right? That's how they stay safe. And those are some of the things that we teach, right? It's humans are also social animals. All mammals are social animals. That we're not meant to be alone. 
And even, so when we do herd dynamics and we're watching the herd and we talk about what, what role does this horse have and what role does that horse have, there's, every horse has a role. Sometimes it, it doesn't look like they have one. Well, they're just the old horse that stands off by themselves, but, but that horse still has a job or a function within the herd. And as people, sometimes we forget that no matter what, we still have a role or a function. And so to help recognize what, what that individual can bring to the social network of our community and, and help them start recognizing what their strengths are and what they bring. The horses just do such a beautiful job of, of realizing that you don't have to be the lead mayor, right? Maybe you're the, the one who stays behind to watch the kids or the foals. You know, I mean, every, every horse has a job because that's how they survive. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we lose that as people realizing that as a group, as a collective, we all have a purpose and a function, and mm-hmm. some people just need more help with being able to figure out and identify what their mm-hmm. gifts are to be able mm-hmm. to bring to to the community as a whole, to themselves as a whole, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even even just recognizing us as a whole being, what what do we have? Because we all have something. Right, right, absolutely. And, it, you know, animals are very intuitive, and they are born, they know their role, right? I mean, they, they just yeah. know their role. No one, no one has to show them their role. <laughs> they, no one has to show them and say, okay, so you're the lead mare and you're the stud and you're the baby. No, they already, they know that intuitively. And for human beings, that's what we, um, our Safe Talk um, tries to instill in people that humans can save humans. Human beings can save human beings' lives. And there, it's not an intuitive thing. I mean, it's something, I mean, it may be intuitive with them, but they don't know what to say, how to act, and that type of thing. So that's what we try to allow them to see is that any age of a human being can save another human being's life. And I, I have seen children in elementary school that have talked to me and they have saved another child's life by doing what intuitively as a child they thought they should do. And it's amazing to watch that process. And to me, it's amazing to watch and to listen to you and your animals, how how they can save lives too. They can actually physically, like you said, calm your heart rate de-stress you, do all of these wonderful things for you that actually they were created to do. I mean, in the Garden of Eden, everyone was friends. There was no predators. There were no predator animals. Everyone, all the animals, along with, you know, the two humans there, somewhere along the line, it got messed up. We won't go into that. But (laughs) anyway, 
<laughs> so let me switch gears a minute. Um, can you tell me what, what your clientele is like? Who do you serve, age groups? What makes up your clientele base? Okay, so because we incorporate animals, there's it's really across the lifespan. I think our youngest client right now is four, um, and my oh. oldest client is 73 or 74. Um, wow. Right, because if if I'm trying to help people live life to the fullest, um, mm-hmm. that goes that goes on forever, and that, so I do see. Um, clients that have some pretty significant physical dysfunction, like maybe they can't walk or they've got, uh, you know, some brain damage from a either a traumatic brain injury or through birth or shaken baby syndrome, uh, that mm-hmm. uh, we use the movement of the horse to, uh-huh. to help neurologically kind of reprogram the brain and the muscles. But mm-hmm. for my... For my mental health aspect of what I do, I see a lot of kids who have a lot of emotional dysregulation, the trauma background, uh, kids that have been in and out of foster care, PTSD. I have adults who have PTSD, conversion disorder, or are just struggling with anxiety, depression. Most of mm-hmm. my teens who come out have anxiety, depression, suicide ideation that we we work through. So that's probably the majority of my clients. Mm-hmm. Now that I mm-hmm. I have this clinic and I'm I'm able to see clients full time, I guess we'll huh? see what it what it transforms into. But um and I also do work with veterans. Right. I was just gonna ask you about that. Do you so, have a specific um, veteran group? Do you like to keep them together or do you put them with other clientele? Most of what I do out here right now is one-on-one, um, okay. and then I still collaborate with Reach for a Star Writing Academy, and mm-hmm. so some of the the big group stuff we we do out at Reach for a Star. Um, mm-hmm. So they're getting ready for another major deployment this summer and fall, and we're working on some family programs to be able to do some group family stuff. Uh, before the the soldiers leave, and then we'll look up setting up some um, opportunities for after they come back to be able Mm -hmm. to do some family reintegration and and then potentially uh, something while the the soldiers are gone just to help support the families more while their loved one is serving our country. Sure. So, Carol, if you don't mind, we're going to take a moment's break for our sponsors, and we will be right back. Okay, so we are back with Carol Santa Steven, and this is amazing, amazing what you're doing and how you're helping 
the human psyche and the human body physiologically and mentally and all ages. I mean, it seems like you're covering the entire spectrum, which I love, because suicide is no respecter of person or age group, ethnicity, um, income, where you live, what time of day it is. It is no respecter of person. It's very insidious. Um, and what you're doing seems to be covering an entire uh, the spectrum, like I said, of, of how we can help a human with animals. I mean, we're all God's creation, and we sh- should all be able to look to each other and to look to our animals to help us and ground us. And I just think that it is such a special special way that you are doing it. And can you tell us what your thoughts are as far as growth now and what you're pursuing? Do you have any long range uh, goals or plans or what, how is that? I know you're pretty new out there on your property, but I'm sure that you, I know you're a driven person like me. (laughs) And I know that have plans so what are your future plans right I mean that's so that is one of the the things I'm a bit of a dreamer or or I guess we'll call it a visionary Um, okay so so some of the things that I'm I'm starting right away right it's some some group facilitation and Uh uh, to be able to support the community we're also going to do a free QPR training out here once a month so that um, we can just help educate more and more people about how we can help each other, right? So Wyoming, Wyoming is just help your neighbor kind of mentality. And I think sometimes we get stuck on thinking that, oh, well, but Wyoming is a pull yourself up by the bootstraps. But I really think that people, people want to help their neighbors. Right. But I think when it comes to suicide, they also don't want to do anything that they think might hurt. So they're, they're afraid to help because they're afraid if they say the wrong thing that mm-hmm. it's going to be the wrong result, right? Mm-hmm. right. So the more we can educate people on how they can help each other, but also right. even just maybe how they can, right, they might even know, not know that they're feeling certain things. So we want to just invite people on It'll be on our website, but we're going to have a free QPR training once a month, but it also mm-hmm. gives people a chance to come out and meet all the animals and see where we're at. Right. I've got a mm-hmm. couple acres that I'm getting ready to fence off that includes a pond that I'll be um, planting different trees and bushes and flowers, and that'll be a nature walk area that mm-hmm. includes the view of the mountain, and it'll have... Um, different seasonal trees. It's kind of, at Read for a Star, I built a Four Seasons Meditation Garden. This is mm-hmm. kind of that blown up on a bigger scale um, mm-hmm. to be able to really engage your senses and just sit in nature and have interact with animals. So I'm, I'm building a portion of that. Um, I'll eventually build an indoor arena out here, um, but I'll start with an outdoor arena uh-huh. where right, we can do... Um, more stuff than, and I'm really working on rehabbing the the land out here because even that helping having people help with what does it take to take care of our earth and our soil and 
and being a part of of nature, right? I mean, it's it's not right. just just that, yeah. Um, and then eventually to be able to have you know more therapists out there so we can do more group facilitation, more individual um, uh, treatment strategies, and to host some different retreats. Um, we're going to do some mindful parenting workshop classes out here to help mm-hmm. parents um, have some some additional skills for for parents who have kids that have a lot of right. emotional dysregulation, anxiety, depression, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's not parenting 101, right? Those yep. aren't things that we necessarily go right. when you have a child. Oh, I know how to right support this kind right. of thing. Um, so. Right. So we'll do some additional classes just to help support parents. I have a, a, a wild Mustang retreat that we're going to do for women this fall. Mm. That, uh, so it's women, Mustangs, and mindfulness. And yep. so we'll you know, do some stuff with the domestic herd, and then we'll spend right. a day out with the wild Mustangs and kind of talk about what what it looks like, you know, what those herd dynamics look like, what does it say to us, what really spoke to us, and it's just some time to to really stop and reflect and and fill our cups back up. I want to do more retreats like that and just help the community in whatever way I can, but with 36 acres and the setup I've got, I, I'm <laughs> just excited about all the different things I can do out here. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm excited, too. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to watch it happen because I know the more that happens and the more we people that we get involved, the more safe talk that happens, which I know that's what you do there, and the more lives we can save and they can be productive and healthy in their lifespan. So I love all of that. I cannot wait to see it happening. And, well, it is happening. I can't wait to see it go it forth, is, yeah. your, your vision. And, uh, you know, it's just, it is so amazing how we can pull together and use. I mean, we don't need to have an expensive, big uh, uh, therapy room and all these apparatus and things because I have been in some therapist rooms and there's all these gadgets and things when all we need is nature. Uh, That's a big, that's a huge part is nature and the animals and outside and I, for one, nature is my go-to. Any any kind of nature Absolutely. is my go-to. It's my safe place. It's my non-judgmental place. And I really don't even have to have anybody around. If I can get out in nature and walk and go up into the mountains and watch the waterfalls and all of those things, I that will sustain me for quite a while, quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think we are made that way. I think we are built that way. Um, and I appreciate everything that you're doing, everything that uh, I appreciate your heart and what you're looking forward to, and we will be following you on this journey. <laughs> Trust me, because I'm going to oh, be coming I out. I love it. <laughs> yes, I and can't wait to have you out here. I know, and I can't wait to come out and 
be around your animals and you and nature and just help and help in any way that I can. So um, that is going to happen. I will make that happen. <laughs> um, awesome. At any rate, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up now. Is there any last words you have for our listeners? You know, I guess the only thing I would say is where, you know, currently we're in a, a mental health crisis in our, our society in general. Yeah. And just to remember that um, occupational therapy is a valid mental health option. And since we have a shortage of counselors and people to to serve, this is just an opportunity for people to understand that there are additional ways that they can ask for help. Um, so I just want to be there for whoever I can be. And, um, and yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, it's important to think out of the box, especially when you are having challenges. It's it's so important to get out of that sandbox that you're stuck in and change sandboxes and think out of, that's what I mean by think out of the box. And this is such a great opportunity that you're offering our community and anyone, anywhere can visit you, I'm sure, um, if they're yeah. coming in from if you have relatives that are coming in, bring them out to Carol's place. Get on the um, internet, and she gave you her phone number. You can bring them out, and just give your family a gift of that wellness gift to be with horses and animals and nature, and that's the greatest gift you can give someone. Uh, because it's lasting and it's comforting. And I myself will continue to recommend your services. And uh, I appreciate you being on with us today. I know I'm going on and jabbering, so I will be quiet now. <laughs> and and um, I wish everyone a great rest of your day, your night, whenever, wherever you're listening to us. And we will return again with another Safe Talk podcast in the future. Thank you so much, Carol, and you have a great day, too. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. You have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns. 
and don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor. Offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, Suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, which used to be 1-800-LIFELINE, cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.